Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I went from uh, five figures to, to two in DFS, I guess. It's, uh, GameStop. Stonks. Yeah, that is kind of how my stock market thing uh, went. Uh, how are you, friend? I'm fine. Just fine. How are you? I'm laughing at myself now. Uh, I was coming off an incredible high earlier today because uh, I went play. You know, I played some daily fantasy as I normally do on Sundays. And uh, after the early slate of games, I was number twelve in a contest, making uh, I think at the end of it, it was like five thousand uh, dollars. And then we moved to later today, and I'm only making uh, twenty dollars off of it. Which is still profitable, but uh, it's funny that such a giant swing fucking happened. <laughs> so how does that work? Is that something you just pay into and it you ride it out until it's done? Or can you pull out of it if you're up? Or No, you you have to ride it out to completion. Uh, the, uh, okay. so obviously, That's what I figured. It's, it's like a betting thing, right? Right. So, yeah, I mean, like. Yes, I should have picked better people, or yes, I should have just picked the early slate. I would have actually, and I'm, I'm actually interested to see like what would have happened if I went with the early slate with that lineup and seen how much I would have won there. But yeah, oh, good, I'm down to fifteen. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a shit show! Uh, I broke even. Oh man, what a what a fucking time! But yeah, uh, I was like, hi, I have no mental capacity in order to do the fucking show. As I wait to see how this day ends. So you were kind enough to help me out and move to later recording times. Well, I do what I can. Oh, so that's been my day. It's just an up and down journey into uh, ridiculousness. Uh, I had a pretty fun weekend. I actually got two whole days off uh, consecutive to each other because I took yesterday off. And my my sister and brother-in-law came to visit and brought my, my baby niece, who is two months old. There you go. This was fun. Yeah, I got to meet her. Um, I don't know. It was uh, Friday night. They were coming over to, to my place to visit and uh, fucking left them alone for 10 minutes. And like they hit a curb and popped their tire. It's like I didn't even get to see them till like. Midday Saturday. <laughs> well, there you go. How do you how do you even do that? How do you not know where a curb is? I don't know. I will say I uh, I bash the uh, whatever the thing like the the guard thing uh, in like a parking spot. You know, like that sort of curb looking thing constantly with the front end of my car, but also the front end of my car is incredibly low compared to other cars. So I feel like it's just a given. Like, normally I used to be able to, like, just cruise right over it, and now it's just like, and you're like, oh, fuck, I fucked up my front end. <laughs> and then you look, and you're like, oh, no, it's just this bumper that doesn't fucking matter. That's nice. I'm glad you got to see some family. Yeah, hasn't happened in a while. You haven't seen anybody since uh, you moved to Ohio, right? Not really, not a lot. But it's all right. It is what it is. Yeah. I don't know. I did find out that uh, my my cousin like also lives in Columbus. It's so, like oh. while my sister was visiting, like we got together with her too. So like, uh, I found out I actually I actually do have some family out here that I can visit. So now here's the question though: Do you like your cousin? Yeah, I do. Okay, well then, good. Because if you didn't like your cousin, that's a yikes. <laughs> It is like 
a cousin on my dad's side of the family, which like by and large I don't have like close contact with, but mm-hmm. I don't know, my cousins have always been cool. <clears throat> there it's you go. okay. You know, I'm happy you, you, you found some things this weekend. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm still just kind of floored from everything that's happened over the last <laughs> uh, four hours of my life. Going from yeah. literally screaming at my TV, uh, being like, yes, uh, and worrying the dogs to such, like, because I, I have the picture of where I was winning the $20,000 and, like, a panic attack started setting in because I was like, holy fuck, that's, like, an insane amount of money. And the, and the dogs being worried for me uh, to now just being like, it is what it is. At least my brother also feels for me. Apparently, he... Uh, he bet in a go- he bet on a golf tournament uh, with similar circumstances, and was w- at one point winning the top prize of two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and uh, uh, only wound up winning nine dollars from the whole fucking thing. Oh, Jesus! Oh, so fun, fun times, guys. All right. Uh, well, speaking of fun times, why don't we get into a quick segment with uh, what's your swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! I'm having yingling still. It just seems to be the go-to in my household recently, so... There you go. Uh, what are you having? Well, uh, I stopped at the grocery store because I made um, uh, chili verde, uh, which I just wound up throwing in burritos because... Uh, they were delicious. They were chili verde. Pretty fucking great. You should all try making some. Uh, but I also saw this False Motivation New England IPA. Uh, this comes from Tobacco Wood uh, Brewing from Oxford, North Carolina. It's North Carolina's first female veteran-owned brewery. Uh, it is, and this is a th- this is a fucking throwback here, uh, 19 IBUs, uh, ABV of 7.3. <laughs> and uh, that's its taste. Well, cool. Uh, it's a New England IPA. They're they're very like um, they describe them as juicy, uh, and I guess that's the way you would describe them. Like you're kind of like drinking a mix between like a beer and like actual orange juice, not like Sunny D, but like actual orange juice, like a light juice to it. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I like New England IPAs. It's very rare that I drink beer anymore, uh, but I was very excited to see one on the shelf at the store, because normally they don't have them, and then I get sad. Okay. Uh, Stacking Triggers, our Magic the Gathering podcast, uh, has moved to a new date and time. It's uh, it's just a new date. Uh, Friday releases now, because we record on uh, Wednesdays instead of Thursdays, and it makes me happy, uh, so I can spend some time with my girlfriend on Thursdays. Uh, instead of having to wait for Bill to decide that he wants to be our friend. Yeah, that's true. This week we talked about, technically because there's two episodes, we talked about, we'll just talk about the most recent one, uh, a, go- a ban in the Commander format that uh, we are on the complete other side of the fence from everybody else on on the internet. Like I think it's gotten to the point where like social media posts or, or like, Reddit threads are like, hey, Fucking ban anybody who says that the Golos ban was bad or was a good <laughs> idea. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Okay. Uh, and then we also talked about uh, drafting the new set Midnight Hunt, uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt. So if that sounds interesting to you, go check out Stacking Triggers, now releasing on Fridays as opposed to Mondays. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, I did a guest spot over on Something Something Cast talking about uh, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Remember that movie? Uh, as I said it on that episode, it's the worst movie I've seen three times. <laughs> I wonder what the worst movie I've seen three times is. That is a good question. Now I want to put that up as like a, a Twitter question. Just be like, what is the worst movie you've seen three times? All right, I'm off to do such a thing. Let's get that social media engagement. Uh, And with all that out of the way, it's time to get into some news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. All right, first up, Netflix is now experimenting with releasing their licensed anime on a weekly basis. Uh, So this means weekly episodes, right? Not just like every week, like, hey, new series. Yeah. 
So it'll be more in line yeah. with the actual Japanese release schedule, uh, which uh, for most anime fans has been a shortcoming of Netflix compared to um, like Funimation and Crunchyroll, which are now the same fucking company. So I think that's why Netflix is making the move is to be able to better compete with them because otherwise they're going to lose out on the Netflix, uh, on the uh, anime front and then it'll just be Crunchyroll slash Funimation. Gotcha. Now, there's still no simul dub, which is apparently a thing that uh, either of those companies offers. So basically, like a dub version will come out of the anime at the same time as the uh, the uh, regular Japanese version, like J- Japanese voice version. That's still not going to be on Netflix. But like, the, there was a there was a term in uh, anime Twitter going around called Netflix jail, which was basically mm-hmm. like. Uh, you know, po- like po- I'll take Pokemon, um, Pokemon the series that Netflix got the the rights to. Like there'd be months at a time where a bunch of episodes are coming out for Pokemon, but Netflix would hold on to them until they had like a batch of about like thirteen ish or so, and then release them all at one time. And now it's just like every week there'll be new episodes like that. It's not going to be Pokemon per se, but it'll be some other like newisher series. Gotcha. All right. Uh, also. Haley Atwell will play Lara Croft in the animated Tomb Raider series. Uh, Dan Levy, creator of Shit's Creek, has a new creative partnership with Netflix. Christopher Nolan is going to Universal with uh, the most streamer-unfriendly deal ever seen. Uh, Dan, please elaborate. Uh, on which one? Uh, any of the above, I guess. Okay, uh, Haley Atwell is voicing Lara Croft. I like this because she's probably the best voice actor of the people... Uh, who who have been in What If and are voicing their old characters? So, like, she voices Peggy Carter, and she's probably did the, she probably did the best job out of you know Mark Ruffalo. Uh, fucking Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch was fucking dreadful in the Wimbledon Cumberdom um, in the uh, Doctor Strange episode of What If. So, uh, seeing her uh, taking her job seriously was a breath of fresh air, and I didn't even know it yet. Uh, then. Uh, Dan Levy getting a creative partnership. It's a creative partnership. Uh, it's a, it's not like a first look deal, and it's not like something with like Ryan Murphy level. But uh, he's gonna create Netflix original series. So cool. People like Shit's Creek. Uh, so he he ballooned that into a, a solid deal. I'm assuming. And then the Christopher Nolan deal. I just <laughs> I need there. I have to find it because. The, okay, here it is. Here are the details. So he, so Christopher Nolan goes to uh, Universal, uh, and everyone was making their um their pitches for him, obviously, because it's Christopher Nolan for some and for some reason we have to do uh, a bunch of shit in order to get him on our side. So uh, the deal is this: uh, he's getting a production budget of about a hundred million dollars, which is solid. Uh, he gets total creative control, 20% of first dollar gross, and a blackout period wherein the company will not release another movie for three weeks before or after the release of his movie. And then uh, he asks for, he also uh, has a 100-day theatrical window, so that means his movie can't show up on any streaming service for 100 days. Mm-hmm. So, like I said... A very uh, streamer unfriendly deal. Uh, seems like it. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I just want to talk about Christopher Nolan because, like, at one point Scott Stuber was like, "Hey, we're we're trying to get Christopher Nolan," and I'm like, "No, I mean, I'm sure you are, but you're just being like, hey, Chris, you want to come to Netflix?'" And he's like, "Fuck off!" and hangs up the phone. Like that's not that's not actually you trying. That's just like we all know what went on there. Don't lie to us, Scott Stuber. All right. Anything else? No, that's it. And in terms of news. All right. Uh, in that case, let's get into downstream where we talk about some trailers. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Uh, first trailer this week is for The Forgotten Battle. November 1944, on the flooded Isle of Walker in Zealand, thousands of Allied soldiers are battling the German army. Three young lives become inextricably connected. A Dutch boy fighting for the Germans, an English glider pilot 
and a girl from Zealand connected to the resistance against her will are forced to make crucial choices that imp- impact both their own freedom and the freedom of others. Okay. Uh, I don't know. What do you think of this? Uh, it seemed fine. I don't know. Uh, people, uh, like, e- even in the trailer, they said this is the next Dunkirk, or, like, this is Denmark's Dunkirk, or whatever uh, country it was. Netherlands? I don't know. Uh, the point is, is uh, if it's Dunkirk, I hope it's better than Dunkirk, because Dunkirk isn't that great. <laughs> What did you think? Uh, I don't know. Looks decent. I think, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, this is the most watched trailer that we're talking about this week, so there seems to be at least some interest in it. Okay. Uh, next up is a trailer for There's Someone Inside Your House. Uh, from the producers of Stranger Things in the Conjuring universe, a high school senior, Sydney Park, and the rest of her new school's graduating class are being targeted by a masked killer intent on exposing their darkest secrets to the world. Based on the New York Times best-selling book by Stephanie Perkins, directed by Patrick Bryce. The title for this is really bad. Dan, what did you think? Uh, it's a bad title, but it looks fun. Yeah. Looks like a fun little slasher movie for Halloween. Okay, our next trailer is for <laughs> uh, Pretty Smart. Things are about to get pretty awkward, pretty juicy, and pretty funny. Pretty Smart streams October 8th, only on Netflix. Uh, (laughs) Depressed, a self-proclaimed brainiac is forced to move in with her less-than-intelligent hot sibling and friends who show her the true way to happiness. Uh, It's another sitcom trailer, Caleb. What did you think? I, I laughed so hard at how out of touch this all was. Uh, the ivory tower intellectual doesn't know how to connect with the norm, the normies. So, uh, she insults them and then her sister says, I'm not a moron. You gotta be nice to me. And then she's nice to them. Then she realizes that, uh, she's just a regular old person. I thought I had a very funny meme whenever this was, uh, first posted to social media. Uh, which was basically a, a reply to this with the uh, the Spongebob gif of how many times we have to teach you this lesson, old man. Uh, Netflix, stop releasing sitcoms. They don't work. You don't renew them. Stop it. I don't know. All I could think of was uh, the mindless or yeah, uh, Mr. Science Theater 3000 uh, gauntlet on Netflix where they watched Mac and Me. And like half of the half of the thing consisted of like them going pretty nice. <laughs> so I watched this and I was like, pretty smart. Yeah. Uh that's a good joke. Uh, I miss Mystery Science Theater. I think they're doing a live show. I don't know if somebody's picked them up for an actual thing, because I know Netflix is done with them. It's cause Netflix is Stupid. Well, Caleb, we're like 267 episodes in. We know this by now. <laughs> uh, next is a trailer for Bright, colon, Samurai Soul. Based on the, wor- the world of the live-action film Bright and set in Japan between the end of the Shogunate and Meiji era, uh, this spinoff tells the story of Aizu, a ronin, and Raiden, an orc, who worked to bring a a young elf girl and the wand she carries to the land of elves in the north. Uh, in the early days of Japan's Meiji res- Restoration, a human rodent must unite with an orc assassin to save an elf orphan from their common adversary. It's bright! It's also an anime. And also, uh, it looks like an anime from the 70s, because, like, it's not animated particularly well. Uh, well, yes, in motion, it looks like garbage. The The frame rate is, like, two. Yeah, uh, it's... It, everyone complaining about... Uh, everyone who complained about the Dragon Prince Season 1 better keep that same energy for Bright. Because, good God. Uh, I think the stills look great, because the art style, in particular, is striking and different. But, like... Yeah. No, dog. This ain't it. The voice acting's terrible, too. 
They did it intentionally, but yeah, the voice acting's not great. And it's not like it's, you know, uh, I'll reference it again, what if, where it's, you know, A-listers coasting for a paycheck. This is uh, deliberate by uh, people who are probably professional voice actors making these these choices and the, the, this voice direction. It's, yeah, uh, whatever remnants they, that are left of the, the bright cinematic universe uh, will probably be destroyed by bright uh, samurai soul. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right, our next trailer is for Made, limited series. One young mother's incredible story of survival and resilience as she navigates... Wait, really? That's how the sentence starts? One young mother's incredible story of survival and resilience as she navigates the world of poverty, abuse, and redefining her worth against all odds. That's not an actual sentence. It's not. Uh, sorry, I, I had to read that again because I was so <laughs> confused. Uh, they really need to proofread this shit. I don't understand how they post this without proofreading. Inspired by the New York Times best-selling memoir by Stephanie Land and from the producers of Shameless and Promising Young Woman. Uh, after fleeing an abusive relationship, a young mother finds a, a job cleaning houses as she fights for, to provide for her child and build them a better future. Uh, Caleb, what did you think of Margaret Qualley hacking it up? I don't know. It seems like uh, an awards baity drama movie. Oh, it's a series. Uh, it seems like something Gerald would watch seven times. Well, when it said promising young woman, yes. <laughs> um, and also, like, it shows her cleaning a house, and it's like, oh man, these people apparently have never made an attempt to clean up after themselves. Uh, because it, it looks like somebody stood at the door of the bathroom and just shit at the toilet. <laughs> it, it does. Um, I don't think margaret Qualley is a good actor at all uh she was in that movie io which uh allowed me to coin the term psy why uh and uh also question my existence and also write a review so when i can <clears throat> when i coin a term write a review and question my existence your movie fucking sucks uh and then she was in death stranding where she is by far the worst vocal performance in the movie, in, in the movie, in the game. Kojima wants to make movies, so it's fine. Uh, like, stop trying to make this woman a thing. The best she's been in a movie was in uh, Once Upon a Time in, a, in Hollywood, where she sat in Brad Pitt's car for three minutes, and uh, she was okay because Brad Pitt carried her to being okay. And also Quentin Tarantino directed her to being Okay, Let, let's stop making her a thing, please, Hollywood. Uh, I'll try. All right, uh, our last trailer is for Seven Prisoners. To provide a better life for his family in the country, 18-year-old Mateus accepts a job in a junkyard in Sao Paulo for his new, new boss, Luca. Uh, but when he and a few other boys become trapped in the dangerous world of human trafficking... Mateus will be forced to decide between working for the very man who imprisoned him or risk his and his family's future. Uh, this Venice Film Festival selected film is directed by Alexandre Morato and produced by Raman Barani, Fernando Murray, and Alexandre Morato. How white of you? Uh, names are hard. Uh, what did you think? It, it looks good. This is probably going to be Brazil's uh, push for, like, best foreign language film at the Oscars. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. Otherwise, yeah. I, I, I think it looks good, but, like, I, I don't know. I, I will have to watch it to find out, I guess. Yeah. Wait, it's only 90 minutes? I'm on IMDb looking at it. It's 90 minutes. Seems like a, a lot is happening for that to be nine, only 90 minutes, but okay. All right. Uh, and with all the trailers out of the way, it's time to move into quick hits where I almost say downstream, but then want to talk about things we watched this week. <laughs> so, uh, this week, uh, I watched myself lose, uh, fucking $20,000. <laughs> uh, 
Did you watch yourself lose it, or did you watch yourself not end up getting it? Because there's a difference. I watched myself wind up not getting $20,000. Which is pretty depressing when you think about it from the from the end yeah. uh but th- that's that's what i did i uh I-, I watched like a bunch of other random shit but yeah you know nothing on netflix uh malignant sucks gerald what did you watch uh i watched mystery men which is a 1999 action comedy fantasy film uh it's about a group of inept amateur superheroes trying to save the day when a supervillain threatens to destroy a major superhero and the city. This has Ben Stiller as uh, Mr. Furious, William H. Macy as The Shoveler, Kel Mitchell as Invisible Boy, uh, Jeffrey Rush as the supervillain Casanova Frankenstein, uh, Janine Garofalo as The Bowler, uh, Hank Azaria as the Blue Raja, a superhero who throws forks at people. Uh, Paul Rubens as the Spleen, a superhero who farts his people. Uh, Greg Kinnear as Captain Amazing, who I took my top off and got killed by. That'll never That's fail. another deep cut, That'll... obscure reference yeah. that we make a lot. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I will be illegally downloading Zardoz at some point this week, so look for a watch party in our Discord sometime oh, probably hooray. on Saturday. Yeah. Um, also, Tom Waits is in this movie. Wait, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he plays Doc Heller, the, the weapons specialist who makes all of their gear. Uh, I like this movie a lot. It's not, you know, it's not great. It's not the best movie ever made. But uh, I don't know. It kind of takes the the piss out of the superhero genre before the superhero genre genre was really a thing. Um, because what this was like ten years post, uh, Michael Keaton Batman, yep, and like, uh, nine or ten years prior to Iron Man, it's like it was in that weird limbo period where everything sucked, and superhero movies weren't really viable, and it just kind of made fun of them. Uh, I love William H Macy in this movie. I I like him a lot. As the shoveler. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's supposed to be a joke that, like, it's William H. Macy and, like, he has a wife and three sons, all of whom are black. But, like, every every time it shows him interact with his family in the movie, like, he's so, so endearing and, like, such a good, like, husband and father figure, but, like, also so motivated by his duty to, like, because he, like, feels the call to protect the city, even though, like, he's the fucking shoveler, which is, like, the dumbest. <laughs> he's a superhero who shovels well. Yep. And, uh, like, that's all he can really do. But, like, he just, I don't know. It's, uh, it's endearing. Uh, you know, his character kind of reminds me of, uh, Steven Roots in Dodgeball, where he's, like, he's, like, the super nice guy. Like, yeah, he's well-meaning, but annoying, but also, like, he has his what I assume is a Chinese mail order bride and then his adopt <laughs> like his children. And then, you know, she's, she's a bitch to him and he's just like, Oh yeah, this is, yeah, this water, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the secret gems in this movie that like, I kind of forgot about entirely, uh, is Wes Studi as the Sphinx who is like, uh, a, a superhero who they describe as being terribly mysterious. Uh, and since he's already like an established like do-gooder, they get him to kind of coach their superhero team and help him out. So like uh, he basically becomes Yoda in the movie functionally, but it's like making fun of Yoda because Star Wars sucks. That's and, true. Like, he just talks backwards and Ben Stiller calls him out on it and it's like, because he keeps saying shit like, in order to go forward, we must go backward, and all this shit. And uh, Ben Stiller gets so mad at him, and yells at him. See, I feel for Captain Furious. He is my spirit animal. Yeah. Or, not Captain Furious, Mr. Furious. I'm sorry. It's been a while since I watched Mystery <laughs> Men. I actually think my family owns it on DVD. 
which like I feel like my family is one of like four people on planet Earth who own Mystery Men on DVD. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know. Also uh Mr. Furious's love interest in the movie is Claire Forlani, uh who the only other thing I know her from is uh Mallrats. So she's she's kind of his foil in the movie, I guess, cuz like he always tries to act super cool and she's like just just fucking just be who you are. Yeah. And you know, people will like you for it. Will they? Yeah, sometimes. And if they don't fuck them. Yeah. Uh, this is I'm gonna be honest, this is a movie I have to get back to because I, I've I wanted to rewatch it for a little while, but I just haven't yet, so uh I'll have to get on it soon. Yeah. I actually quite like it. Yeah. Uh and then I watched uh because we're getting into the Halloween season, I guess. Are we? Uh no. Not until <laughs> October first. That's true. That is the correct time to start putting up your Halloween decorations. Serving pumpkin everything and pissing me off. <laughs> uh, but I watched the Netflix film Night Books, uh, a scary movie for children. Uh, this follows Alex, a boy obsessed with scary stories who Im- is imprisoned by an evil young witch in her contemporary New York City apartment. Uh, the 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 uh, the aforementioned witch is Kristen Ritter. Um, and she has like these crazy bombastic outfits throughout the movie. Uh, she's probably the best part. What's Kristen Ritter um, in an apartment in New York City? Yeah. So, I mean, based off of Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, yeah, probably. Yeah. And I mean, that's, uh, that's why I made the joke when we saw the trailer for yep. this. Yeah. Don't Trust the Witch in Apartment 23. Uh, it's basically like, the kid, because he's into horror and spooky stuff, and he's a horror guy. Uh, all of his friends shit on him constantly and tell him he's a fucking freak and call him creep show. Uh, so he decides to burn all of his scary stories. So he runs off to the uh, boiler room in his apartment building to throw his books inside. Uh, but on his way there, the elevator stops. And uh, he ends up in this creepy apartment. A uh, magical apartment that traps him there. Uh, so he's forced to tell a scary story to the witch every night in order to uh, keep from being killed. Uh, and there's another girl who, or a girl, another child, uh, who is also trapped there, uh, who, like, takes care of the witch's garden and, like, tends to the magical plants and shit. Uh, and also, like, Kristen Ritter has a familiar who is, like, uh, a hairless cat who can turn invisible and spies on them. At one point, the kid pisses off the cat, so, like, uh, the kid, like, makes food and he's about to eat. And he sees something, like, appearing in front of him in midair. Uh, and then it turns out that it's shit and it falls in his food because the cat turned invisible and shit on his food. Cut to Fred Armisen saying, you will, you will eat this cat poop. <laughs> um, I don't know, this movie's okay. It's okay. Okay. I was waiting till October to watch it. Yeah. Because, you know, spooky time. But uh, it's definitely going on the list, so that way I have more names to call Gerald. Other than idiot. <laughs> I guess the only other thing I watched was uh, Bash Brothers again, because I'm me. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, but uh, it's been well, it's been probably about four months since I watched it, so yeah, I'm probably due for another rewatch. I'll probably watch that after we're done. There you go. Like, hey, mm, that's something, I'm actually going to go to their media, to the Netflix Media Center right now, and see if they have any, like, wall, like, images that I can take from that and use as a wallpaper because like whenever they do like that black and white shit like interstitials that's like the most cinematic stuff I've ever seen in a comedy special ever yeah alright 
So uh, with all of that bullshit out of the way, it's time to move on uh, to a quick break. And when we come back from said break, it'll be time to move into our main review topic, which Caleb fucking chose. And I was like, hey, this is a good idea. Uh, Osmosis Jones. (laughs) You thought it would be the old mid-roll ad break, but it was me, the one that's a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure meme. The following patrons have abandoned their human frailty and joined Lord Dio's eternal army. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, James De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Nerd Revert Jason, Sam the Hurlihy Boy Hurley, Giuseppe Vicaretti, and Dan's mother. If you'd like to become a patron so we can use your money to finally destroy the Joestar family forever, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Brand yourself as part of our unholy army. Go to netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me what a good job I'm doing as your immortal overlord. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for helping us manifest our stand abilities, which give us the power to watch terrible movies and TV shows and do like rapid punches and stop time or whatever. Seriously, go watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Part 6 comes out in December. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main view topic for the week. Inexplicably. Osmosis Jones. <laughs> Osmosis Jones is somehow rated PG. Uh, it is a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. It is an animated action adventure film. A policeman white blood cell with the help of a cold pill must stop a deadly virus from destroying the human they live in, Frank. Uh, this is directed by the Farrelly brothers uh, and stars Larry Fishborn, uh, Chris Rock, fucking Frazier's brother for some reason as a cold pill uh fucking brandy as uh a a cell that chris rock really wants to have sex with i guess i don't know how that works uh william shatner as our fucking stupid mayor uh ron howard as tom kalanick a piece of shit who's running against william shatner for mayor uh kid rock as kidney rock a musician there there's uh seven people in the credits who are billed as kidney rock yeah Uh, i guess it's just like the whole band yeah i'm guessing (laughs) another member of it is uncle cracker uh god this movie what the fuck uh, was this song god damn it now now oh now i have to remember oh man now I'm mad that I can't remember. Oh, uh, I watched that, was that a part big twice. Thing but... in fucking 2001. Surprised we didn't also have Nelly. This movie's a, a poorly conceived piece of shit, and I fucking loved every second of it. God damn, I'm so excited to talk about this. But before we do anything else, though, I I have to mention uh, on IMDb here they have the. Uh, like the poster or like movie cover for the film. Uh, it says Osmosis Jones, and it says everybody needs a hero, uh, and then has what is meant to be like an x-ray screen, uh, that has a picture of Osmosis Jones and Drix, the cold pill on it. Uh, but behind that, like what the x-ray is of, like clearly it is like Bill Murray's chin. Uh, and then it's obviously stapled onto a much younger and more fit body double. <laughs> yeah, because because Bill Murray's not looking in good shape. This movie. Yeah, yeah. They uh they hired Bill Murray in this film to play the most disgusting human who's ever lived. It's true. Now, do you remember Ozzy and Drix, which was the animated series spinoff of this? I, I think we brought this up when you were like, oh "Hey, I want to watch this movie." And if I'm remembering correctly, they had they had like animated version of Bill Murray sneeze into somebody else's fucking mouth. And then uh, that became the thing for the the news for the series. So that way they didn't have to keep recalling 
Bill Murray is like, hey, they just live in some random dude's apartment, uh, like live in some dude's body who lives in an apartment in like New York City. <laughs> Why do fuck. I remember that? I don't know. I'm cursed is what it comes down to. Uh, judging by most of this movie, uh, it wouldn't be too hard for some of Bill Murray's bodily fluids to get on another human being. Because uh, it happens at least twice. Yeah, he sneezes into his hands uh, and then uh, high five somebody. Oh, yeah, that that happened, too. Yeah. Uh, a pimple popped into his daughter's teacher's mouth. Mo- uh, poor fucking Molly Shannon. What did she do to deserve uh, this movie? Uh, and then he, like, coughed and it landed in his daughter's eye. Uh, so they had a big, like, showdown fight scene on uh, her eyelashes. And then, like, uh, her tear, like, carried them back to Frank. Yeah. And don't forget that he threw up on Molly Shannon, too. Which uh, the court yeah. decided at that point that it was... Uh, correct and just to issue a 200-yard restraining order on him because he accidentally threw up on her. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the live-action uh... part. There's still a whole animated part where it's uh, Chris Rock uh, and a bunch of bodily function jokes that I'm sure went over every child's head because they don't understand biology. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. Some of the some of the dialogue is kind of clever and funny though. Like uh I don't know. Like uh, the one part like there's two cop cops who are just like white blood cells, I guess. Uh and the one's like, "Hey, what are you doing this weekend?" and he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm going to take my wife down to the kidneys and see the stones." And the guy's like, oh, good for you. They could pass any day now. It's like, <laughs> hey, it's it's funny because the Rolling Stones is a band and they're all super old and probably going to die. Yeah. Uh, yet most of them are still kicking uh, because that's just Somehow, how it works. Because yeah. of a, a demon pact. That's probably true. Uh, I think my favorite reference was whenever uh, Frank was dying and then you have like the small uh, string quartet uh, I don't know why I said small string quartet, but this, the string quartet being like, gentlemen, it's been an honor playing with you, and they start playing the shit from the Titanic. Yeah. I'm like, hey, look, it's the Titanic. Yeah, it's true. Uh, what do you think of, of Larry Fishburne as Thrax, uh, a disease? I thought he was having fun. Like, he, he seemed like to be... Yeah, it seemed like it. The one person having fun with this, everybody else was like treating it like this is apparently going to be some Oscar winning fucking movie for some reason. Like you all you had to do was take one look at it and be like, ah, I don't know about that one, guys. I think I think this movie about bodily functions directed by the Fairley brothers uh, who like were 17 years too early to one of their Oscar wins. uh, We should just, you know. Treated as if it was fun, and everyone is just going for it. And Larry Fishburne's like, "Fuck that! I'm doing the Matrix right now. I can't possibly be doing better." It's like a five minute part of the movie where Osmosis Jones goes on like a tirade about how he grew up poor and had to live in the ass crack. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, that was a thing. That was a thing that definitely happened in this movie. Uh, I just want you to know, I hope you suffer in every way possible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what the, you know what the best part of the movie is? Okay, so like, basically, uh, Thrax is like a virus who's trying to break his record for lethality uh, and kill, kill Bill Murray within 48 hours of like first infecting him. Uh... Osmosis Jones, of course, is trying to stop him, along with the help of this, uh, of, of Fraser's brother. Um, <laughs> so, like, 
obviously the movie's going to culminate in like Frank nearly dying and then the good guys winning. So like he he almost dies and then comes back to life. Uh and he like his daughter in the movie who like keeps trying to get him to take better care of himself and get healthy. Uh like her mom died of you know, like horrible eating habits and disease and like general poor maintenance of her body like previously to this it's like bill murray dies and then comes back and goes to his daughter and says your mom says hi (laughs) yeah i mean this movie's incredibly dark (laughs) for children like uh whenever thrax first shows up and he fucking murders that white blood cell worker in front of everybody like we see him murder the that that man and we're just like, wait, what? And then uh, he goes up, he goes to the mob boss, and then he murders that fucking mob boss. And you're like, wait, what? Like, this this is fucking graphic. Yeah. Uh, I guess in terms of, like, style and, like, like visual style and, like, how the movie's kind of composed, uh, it's like Space Jam, but with poop jokes. <laughs> uh... Um, uh, maybe I, I don't, I don't know. I still have that like nostalgic attachment to Space Jam. Uh, this I have no attachment to one way or the other. I didn't even try to watch it when I was a kid. I just went, oh, that looks dumb, and then moved on with my life. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought this would be funny to to watch this movie and yep. uh watch you struggle with it, I guess. Uh at at one point David Hyde Pierce says virus con dios. <laughs> uh which means virus with god. <laughs> but Caleb, they got to talk about bodily functions. Yeah. Bill Murray gets sick from a monkey uh, because he's he has uh, an egg that he's going to eat and works in a zoo. Uh, and he he pulls out the egg and squeezes a mayo packet onto it uh, and then shakes a salt shaker onto it for uh, about a minute and a half of screen time. Uh, and then a monkey grabs it and puts it in his mouth and he fights the monkey for it and uh like the monkey ends up spitting out the egg onto like the dirty shitty zoo ground uh and Bill Murray picks it up and eats it so he deserved to die in this movie uh i mean yes kind of but also i would do the exact same thing i definitely would uh punish the monkey for trying to take it i would not then put it into my mouth oh 100% there's no way i'm not like like everyone's like ah how could you fuck with that monkey and it's like because he fucked up Fuck my, my lunch? You know? Like, hey, it looks like the egg was the only thing he was eating that day. Uh, along with uh, a pack of mayonnaise and half a shaker of salt. Uh, yeah, sure. But still, like, come on, man. Like, just let him, just let the man eat. Just, just let the boy eat his egg! <laughs> eh? Eh? Hi, hello. You're looking good today. Let me eat my egg. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else you want to say about uh, this thing? Probably, like, the most funny part, which, like, it's still disgusting and uncomfortable, but it's, like, whenever he has the giant zit on his face and goes to his daughter's school and her teacher's, like, what is it? I mean, what is it? What is it? What do you want? It's like, it uh-huh, is. Wordplay. Meh. Uh, yeah. this, movie's, this movie's dumb. I don't know. It's a dumb movie. <laughs> I can't believe you did this to me. Uh, I mean, uh, it's a two. I, like, I didn't want to shut it off at any point. I was just like, eh. It's Osmosis yeah, it's like Jones. A two. I, uh, I loved it. Yeah. It's a piece of shit. Uh... Well, uh, speaking of pieces of shit that I loved, it's time to move over to a patron requested review for Congo. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, 
If we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. Yeah. Uh, Congo is a 1995 action-adventure mystery film. Ooh. Uh, it's a 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb, so it's uh, about as good as Tall Girl. Uh, when an expedition to the African Congo ends in disaster, a new team is assembled to find out what went wrong. Uh, stars Laura Linney, Tim Curry, Dylan Walsh, Ernie Hudson, and uh, a surprise uh, guest spot. So, this is uh, a surprise guest spot. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Delroy Lindo as. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As military man. Yeah, I forgot about that, but yes, that that is true. Uh, I don't know why I'm starting to sound like Pinky Penguin right now. Uh, but I am. <laughs> Thanks, Pat and Oswald. Uh, so this comes from uh, my wonderful girlfriend who watched this originally and was like, oh my god, I remember this movie. And then you were like, I remember a fucking monkey getting fucking laser beamed in half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does happen. Yeah. Uh, this movie's incredible. It's like, uh, it's the Sharknado of its time. Uh, Bruce Campbell's in like the opening that is true. act of the movie, uh, which you know is pretty funny. <sighs> I don't know. Laura Linney and <laughs> Tim Curry are trying to act like they're too good for this movie the whole time. I guess. Oh no, she's definitely acting like she's too good for this movie. Tim, I have no idea Tim, what Tim, Tim Curry's Curry doing is in this reveling movie. in it. I, 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 I'm so confused as to what Tim Curry's even attempting to do. Because what, like, I feel like this was, I think it was a little bit before, this was right around the time he was in the, the one Command and Conquer game, uh, where he said that he's going to the one place not infected by capitalism. Spice! <laughs> Wait, that's him that does uh, that line? Yeah, Tim Curry is in a Command and Conquer game. Oh, I know that. I didn't know he was the one who delivered the spice line. Spice. Yeah, that's him. And oh. like the the best take that they had for him in that game, like you can tell how hard he's trying not to laugh. Uh also his character name is amazing. Uh cuz his character's name is Herkimer Homolka. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and like every time somebody says his name, it's like it sounds like they're trying to clear their throat. <laughs> uh that that is true. Um so I'm looking at this. When did this come out? Congo, nineteen ninety five. So this is like on her upswing. Cause uh for Laura Linney, because she did like Dave a couple years before. She had Primal Fear the uh in ninety six, Truman Show ninety eight. So like Laura Linney was on her way up. Uh, doing doing shit, and then, you know, I guess took this movie because they were like, "Hey, do a role." Yeah. And now she does uh, Ozark. Yeah. And I have to look up. Uh, what's our Dylan Walsh? The fuck does this? Where has where is this man? Oh, he was in the lake. What? He was in the lake house. What? I don't know. He looks like Budget Dexter. Yeah, a little bit. He's in Blue Bloods. He's in Unforgettable. I don't know what that is. You? Oh, he was in Nip Tuck. That's how I know him. Yeah, so he's mainly just like a TV actor, but but also does a few movies. And then this was like him trying to be like, I'm a leading man, everybody. I promise you. Hmm. This movie heavily features uh, a gorilla that knows sign language. Uh, and has, like, a cyber glove that translates the sign language to speech. Yeah. Uh, which which is effectively the same as uh, having a Furby as one of the main characters of your movie. Also, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm fine, I'm fine with it, because, like, in 95, there was no way they were going to have a character just sign at people. Uh, for an entire movie, so like you needed to have the gorilla talk if you wanted the gorilla to actually be a real character. Yeah. 
I don't know. Laura Linney also uh, shoots a bunch of evil gorillas with a laser beam <laughs> and then uses the laser beam to shoot down a satellite. That's it's fucking hilarious. That's true. They were just like, how do we end this movie? Uh, okay, let's just do some dumb shit. Okay, cool. Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we, we chop some monkeys in half? Yes? Oh, okay. Uh, Laura Linney, here you go. Here's a laser beam. <laughs> oh, man. It's like a run-of-the-windmill, like, 90s, action-y kind of movie that uh, eventually gets to the Congo with, like, 20 minutes left. Like, they, like, they get to the place of the monkeys t- with 20 minutes left in the movie. And then it's like, uh, what? And then... You're just like, oh, okay, so the monkeys are here, and then, oh, Laura Linney's cutting them in half, and now we move on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At one point, the the gorilla drinks a martini, which is hilarious. Yeah, because doesn't it, like, knock her out or something like that? So so you're like, I'm gonna get him I'm gonna get this, this gorilla drunk, so that way she sleeps to the flight. They they drug the gorilla a lot. I think it's because, like... Well, because obviously they have someone in that costume. And I think it's just because, like, hey, we couldn't get any shots with the the person in the gorilla costume for this, this sequence, so we're just going to drug the gorilla and then just have, like, the costume and then somebody carry around the costume. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about Congo and, uh, laser beams cutting apes in half? I remembered that, like, the, the evil, like, weird creatures from the descent, but gorillas, uh, were, like, chopped up with a laser at the end of the film. I didn't realize that it was also during a volcanic eruption and, like, Half of them just, like, stumble around and end up falling or jumping into the lava. No, no, no. Specifically uh, jumping into the lava. Like, there's at least three that jump directly into lava. (laughs) Uh, During that that whole sequence, I was fucking laughing so hard, and I loved it. What a fucking tremendous climax to this film. I just was like, wait, do they just not? What is the direction of the scene? Because, like, they're just jumping in. Like, aren't they? Like, if you just have them knocking each other over and then falling into the lava, sure. But it's just them just being like, well, I'm fucked. May as well get it over with. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) (sighs) So ridiculous. All right. Uh, well, uh, let's uh, let's give it two ratings: one for uh, the actual movie itself, and then one for uh, laser beams cutting primordial apes in half. Uh, as a movie in and of itself, it's probably about a two. It's probably technically it's probably about as bad as Osmosis Jones. Yes. For gorillas being chopped in half with a laser, <laughs> uh, I'm giving this a six out of five. It's um, fucking amazing. This is like the best week of watching stuff for the show ever. Uh, that's not even true, and don't even will that into existence. <laughs> uh, I'm going with a two and a half. Uh, yeah, it's probably about as bad as Osmosis Jones, but Osmosis Jones doesn't have, uh, primordial apes being cut in half with a laser beam. Yeah, that's true. Uh, although it does have Bill Murray dying. That, that is true. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Uh, well, next week on the show, it will be a uh, main topic will be a review of The Starling, starring uh, Melissa McCarthy and Chris O'Dowd, uh, which uh, as soon as Chris O'Dowd was revealed in the cast, that went uh, on the list. And then uh, in the back half, we will be, or as the patron request review for the, the week, we will be doing a patron review for uh, Streets of Fire from Chris Yaney, which is uh, yeah. not directed by Roman Polanski. Yeah. So. Hopefully the the bird movie is good, I guess. I don't know. I hope so. It's trying to come up with a a joke about bird box. 
but I just uh, don't I have mean, it. we'll be going in blind. Hey. I did it. I took the low-hanging fruit, and I did it. Uh, speaking of low-hanging fruit, it stars Melissa McCarthy. At least it's a dramatic role, and not yeah. her trying to be funny. We'll see. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not... I don't know. I don't, like, hate her or anything. I just... Not... Not into it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, you can find the show at NetflixSwill.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill, including our Patreon page, uh, where to find the show, and our social media and merch pages. So, uh, if you want to support us monetarily, go to our Patreon or merch pages. If you want to just uh, support us for free, follow us on social media or uh, subscribe to us on a podcatcher of your choice and uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, and uh, thank you to Space Weather for the for theme song, Bitter. We we really appreciate it. Uh, it's kind of how I feel about having to watch Osmosis Jones, which had no primordial apes being cut in half. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to go uh, try to find some other piece of shit that I can swindle you into watching. <laughs> so uh, until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.